four buckets of popcorn, this movie's eternal. <laughs> if you finish your if you finish your popcorn by the third preview, raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. And Twizzlers gone by the opening scene. Anyway, n- nobody cares about my candy eating habits. I don't even know if anybody cares about this show, but regardless, it's another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. With me, co-host today, the geek fluent girl, Mai. Say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. All right. And we also have a guest. So as you have seen on the Instagram and as people have been complaining about online, (laughs) Screen Fix has been focusing less on the podcasts and more on its hosting of VHS Club live in-person events where we show a classic of the VHS era, The Thing, Lost Boys, Blade Runner, Alien, Die Hard, all these fantastic movies. And we also do trivia after each one. We do this at Greenlight Cinema in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. Come out sometime uh, once a month on a Saturday, 9.30, www.greenlightstpete.com. <clears throat> anyway, from VHS Club, a frequenter, we got him on here. It is Rob. Say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. What do you like about VHS Club and what do you like about Screen Fix? Let us know. Ooh, Greenlight Cinema is phenomenal. I think VHS Club even more so. You know, so far, I think most of the movies have been my first time seeing them. And the ones that I have seen, first time in theaters, right? I'm definitely too young for all of these, but they are (laughs) incredible so far. Awesome. Um, Okay, good. Hey, that's the whole goal of VHS Club, to bring these these classics to the screen for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's see, though, if you've got fix and chops. What are we fixing this week? It is phase four, or if some people have called it so far, phase snore. Oh. Ouch. (laughs) really terrible i don't 100 percent agree with that black widow not the best movie some fun moments Mm -mm. shang chi pretty good pretty good probably some of the best fight choreography of any marvel film i feel like absolutely but but now we've got this film it's got our first oscar-winning director for best picture it has more characters than the goddamn avengers (laughs) yep It centers around a cosmic abortion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We can only be talking about <laughs> Marvel's weirdest entry, The Eternals. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. You guys help fight Thanos or any war, all the other terrible things throughout history. We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? We need to find the others. I haven't seen some of them for centuries. Hello. This is what the end of the world looks like. At least we have front row seats. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. 
loved these people since the day we arrived. When you love something, you protect it. Okay, The Eternals. I loved the trailer. I was jazzed for this movie, but the trailer really had all of the breathtaking scenes, didn't it? Oh, yeah. And as we said before the trailer, nothing about this movie is conventional. Let's go ahead and dive right into that. So the writers, the ones that got story credit, they're a duo called the Furpos. And <laughs> that's not a kid show with 40-year-old men in fuzzy costumes. This is Kaz Furpo and Ryan Furpo. So uh, Kaz Furpo got famous. He worked as a commercial director and a photographer. He uh, earned a spot in Adweek's top nine commercials of the year for 2015 for a commercial he did for Tinder. So, which, you know, I guess makes sense. Icarus was swiping right on Circe. Circe was swiping (laughs) right on Dane Whitman. And Sprite was using her mom's account to swipe right on Icarus as well. (laughs) Druig was swiping right on Makari. And Gilgamesh was swiping right on Tina. His Tinder background, well represented here. This also is the first Marvel movie that has sex. It has sex on the beach. Oh, yep. From somebody that says he likes somebody for the first time. That's also apropos Tinder. Um, (laughs) Other than his Tinder commercials, his uh, directorial debut was a documentary called Refuge, which is about the Syrian refugee crisis. So again, I don't know how that makes him qualified to do the story of the Eternals, but he's in it. Maybe it brings more humanity, which I guess was what this was going for. But anyway, Chloe Zhao also has a screenplay credit in this, the director. She's written everything she's ever made. But it also sounds like she writes on the fly. And Frances McDormand told Rolling Stone about Zhao's filmmaking process. Quote, she basically like a journalist. She gets to know your story and she creates a character from that. And then she herself said that she saw the connection between Lauren Ridloff and Barry Keegan, who plays Makari and Druig, and said, quote, okay, we've got to write more moments. And saying, quote, it's the same thing I did with Nomadland and The Writer. So basically she gave Druig and Makari more screen time and scenes because they were flirting with each other, I guess. (laughs) Again, Tinder connection. I guess that's why we get the out of nowhere subplot where they're interested in each other. She does like embellish like all the little details. Yeah, even if those details are completely unnecessary. (laughs) Uh, So also with writing, so I, I guess Marvel wanted at least somebody with an MCU background. So they went to the bottom of the well and they grabbed Patrick Burley, who wrote what I think is one of the weakest films, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And his other writing credit, besides Eternals, is for Peter Rabbit 2. Yeah, so we've got the (laughs) Tinder commercials guy, the Peter Rabbit 2 guy, and we've got Chloe Zhao. So Chloe Zhao is fresh off her Best Director win for Nomadland. And uh, again, this is completely different from other Marvel films. She's known for shooting on location with natural light. If you've seen Nomadland, it looks like a documentary half the time. So basically, we've got... Got some pretty documentary-ish people, and uh, yeah, 
that's probably the cause of some of the issues in this film. Chloe, she's not that bad. Like, I don't know if Chloe was right for this, but she brought something new to the MCU. And I applaud Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel for even trying. It does have a very grounded feel. Plus, she has two dogs named Taco and Rooster. Oh, oh yeah. that's so cute. Anyway, that's a little about the writing and the directing. What do you all think? Chloe Zhao, did you think she did a good job here? You can go ahead and go first, Geek Fluent Girl. Yeah, uh, you know, I understand like Chloe Zhao is all about like setting the scene, having beautiful, visual, like sweeping scenery. And she definitely nailed it, especially in all the episodes where you get to go back to the past and see like these cities like the way they were not just like some dusty ruins that we know from pictures like fully vibrant and colorful Mm -hmm. and i mean it was a gorgeous movie she said that she's really good friends with dennis villeneu of course we know from dune and yeah you can definitely see that influence and she even said too is like they kind of were working on the movies the same time and he kind of did like a I'll show you mine if you show me what you're working on oh, type thing. They yeah. played some like film doctor. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Hey, we all did it, you know. Uh, anyway, so uh, what do you think, Rob, our VHS club attendee? Did you think Chloe's out was the one? for this did you like what you did truthfully i really liked this movie i will reiterate what geek fluent girl said the cinematography was beautiful a lot of the landscape and babylon was breathtaking everything was just well shot well executed outside of possibly the story but i think she did a great job like arashem oh my god his appearance at the end yeah was incredible yeah she does a really good job of showing the scale of arashem mm-hmm. like basically could use the earth she, as a basketball as yeah the clouds split and you get that yeah. large oh yeah your butts jiggle uh, yeah i was like can arashem <laughs> show up more <laughs> Let's go ahead and let's talk about the cast a bit. Gemma Chan played Circe. Did we like Gemma Chan? Oh, she's always gorgeous, though. I mean, she really can't do anything wrong. And she always does play kind of like that same type of character where she's like, I'm beautiful and I'm sometimes misunderstood and I'm trying just to work through things. (laughs) What did you like her in uh, before? Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, Awesome. She's one of the few people who has played two characters in the MCU, actually. Mm -hmm. She played Minerva in Captain Marvel. Yep, one of the pre. The other one being, does anybody know? I should know this. I feel like I should know this too. The other ones are, Alfre Woodard was in Captain America Civil War, but she also was in Luke Cage. Mahershala Ali is in Blade, and he was also in Luke Cage. <laughs> so we're grabbing <laughs> a lot of people from really Luke count, Cage. Though. Kenneth Choi was one of the Howling Commandos in Captain America the First Avenger, and he is also, uh, he plays his own grandson in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. The principal. Oh, okay. Yep. So just a few people. Uh, Richard Madden plays Icarus. Uh, Richard Madden, famously from Game of Thrones. Rob Stark. The king of the north. Rob, how do you feel about another Rob? Richard oh, Madden. I love how'd, it. how'd you feel about him playing Icarus? Honestly, I thought he did a great job. I was worried. I've seen some other like Game of Thrones alumni go on to some big movies and I left disappointed. Are you referring to Macy Williams in New Mutants? I never saw that one. I'm more thinking of Terminator Genesis. Amelia Clark. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, so Richard Matt I actually I thought his performance pretty blank, but I think he was supposed to be Yeah, he's aloof. Yeah, like aloof Superman type. He was like, you know, associated with, with Superman in the movie. So everybody like joked about him, be like, Are you Clark Kent now? Yep. Where's your cake? Yep, there's all those <laughs> all those jokes about that. We had Kumail Nanjiani as King Go. Did we like Kumail Nanjiani? Geek fluent girl? I thought he was really great. I yeah. thought he like brought like a lot of comedy that was needed. Yep. Was it necessary for the plot all the time? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> um, the thing is, him and his valet were my two favorite parts. Tell the director I have some notes we for him. We need to talk to you in private. Oh, Karan, he's worked with me for 50 years. I trust him completely. Actually, when we first met, he thought I was a vampire, and he tried to stake me through the heart. I've apologized so many times. Not quite enough times. Very close, though. I'll let you know. His valet, played by Harish Patel, he was the humanity to the whole proceedings. He was the person on the inside seeing things through our eyes. He was the audience surrogate in the movie. Okay, yeah. And I absolutely loved him. He's one of my top characters in the MCU period. Yeah. It's high praise. He was yeah. lovable and positive he and was. wonderful. So genuine. He's like, thank you so much for everything you do. Yes. You know? He just was and gushing he was like all the time. tearing up when, when Kingo left them. Tearing mm-hmm. up. So yeah, so Kumail and Johnny. We've also got Leah McHugh as Sprite. What did you think about Sprite? The actress that played Sprite, Rob? Great job, right? I assume she's a child actress and her actor, and she did great. I actually don't have a clue how old she is, but... Luckily for you, we have a thing called the internet, and <laughs> we can just type in... She is 16 years old. Oh, okay. She is 16, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, in the movie, she's supposed to look like a 12-year-old. 12-year-old, yeah. And yeah, she looks about 12. I mean, it was filmed a few years ago, too, right? So, yeah, wasn't maybe, it? Yeah. yeah, she could have been like 14 or so. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Yeah. She channeled the angst of a teenager yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah. She did. yeah. I actually like, thought she was like great. Like she she was mm-hmm. like, you know, thousand years old and she could not do yeah. anything that the adults could do, even though she was an adult. Yeah. So that, yeah. That definitely mm-hmm. came through in her performance and just kind yeah. of that old soulness and kind of bitter mm-hmm. at the world. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people like thought Sprite was trying too hard, but you know, there was she was a complex character. I think she did as well as she could. There was a lot we were asking for that act- actress to pull through. True. All right. Next, we've got Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. He's the one who was giving humanity tech. He's also the first uh, superhero to be openly gay uh, in an MCU film. So what did you think about Brian Tyree Henry? Geek Blue Girl. I really liked him. You know, I felt like he was one of the characters that actually did show more of that humanity. Why they want to save. Because he's like, you know... I'm like, I'm married, I have a kid, I have a life, even too when he was saying, he's like, I have set aside my powers, like, I could easily fix this bike, but I want to fix it with my hands. I felt he did provide that groundness, so you can see, like, how we are trying just to be part of this world. Yeah. One thing I did not like is that the last thing you hear from him before he disappears is that he's done with humanity because he Mm -hmm. saw them do the atomic bomb and then in the very next time you see him he's got a husband and an adopted kid i'm like i thought you said you were done with humanity that that was like the only thing i thought was a little strange like i would have expected him to be some kind of hermit away from people hiding i almost would have expected him to be where makari is Mm. oh right so it was a little strange for him to go from i'm done with humanity what have i done humans are terrible to literally living as the most human of any of the characters 
Right? Like, <laughs> like in the eternal just chilling, chilling in the suburbs. Right. <laughs> it's cool. Unlike the Eternals time scale, right? Like seven thousand years on Earth. He just like recovers from that in like the relatively short fifty years and is just like, All right, we're good. I'm yeah, exactly. Over it. <laughs> There's thousands of years and he's over it pretty fast with a little family. It's a little it's a little strange. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Lauren Ridloff plays Makari. She's basically the Flash, and she's deaf. Uh, she's mm-hmm. deaf in the comics, too. There's people that have said if, if they were made to be perfect, why is she deaf? All these kind of things. But as you can tell from the Athena character, you know, they're robots. that have They just basically move from planet to planet to planet, and they get re- rebooted and rebooted. And in that reboot process, there can be some... Like a glitch. Right. You know, so she might have gone deaf because of that. I mean, but, didn't Arashem I mean, say they've been doing this for millions yes. of celestials at this point, right? Something's bound to go wrong. Right. She could have gone deaf fighting someone. Barry Keegan played Druig. What did you think of Barry Keegan as Druig, Rob? Ooh. So... Uh, I mean, I was just in general not a fan of the character, yeah, or the power, and it's hard for me to separate that right now because the power is very, like, I don't know, I don't want to say bad, but it's just like I don't like the mind control power that he has, uh-huh. and the guy was just sad all the time. It felt to me, which yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to like knock his performance. No, yeah, but he nailed that part of it right. Like, I just felt very uncomfortable with his character the whole time. So I guess yeah. that seems to be what they were going for. So. I mean, he's kind of creepy. I actually, when he was younger, I once said to someone that his face constantly looks like it's been stung by bees. Are you crazy? You'll get stung. You're right. Let's knock it down. <laughs> I don't know. He's just got this really interesting face. Anyway, I thought his performance was all over the place. Like, I feel like he went in and out of his accent a lot. And also... Mm. Even his, yeah. like, performance, I thought, like, in some scenes, I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then in other scenes, I'm like, what is he doing? Like, he, he just, does he not have any, like, conviction in what he's saying right here? Oh. We've got Don Lee as Gilgamesh. What did you think of, of Gilgamesh, Mai? I thought he was amazing. But I just, like, loved how he's just kind of like, I'm this badass warrior, but I can be a big teddy bear around Thena. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like, like that, too. This was so lovable. Yeah. What's yeah. Uh, what's really bad for me is like my favorite characters were like the ones that had no real bearing on the plot. It's like like, like yeah. I loved these characters. Yeah. Like the main love triangle and those characters, they're so blah. And like these other characters are so cool, but they're uh so here we go. Uh Harish Patel, as I've said, was Kingo's valet. Uh Kit Harrington, Dane Whitman, what'd you think of that? You talked about the other game of thrones alum why don't you talk about this one rob our vhs club alum all right so i really enjoyed his performance actually right like i thought he did a great job i have no familiarity with the dane whitman character or really any of the eternal characters before this movie but i enjoyed it he seemed like a normal dude which is good at least as from what i know of this movie right a normal guy with a weapon sure normal guy with a weapon yeah yeah uh, <laughs> that's not revealed until closer to the end i don't but know sure. there's something about kit harrington as dane whitman he was one of my favorite characters and gave one of my favorite performances it's like i wanted mm-hmm. him on screen more because yeah. he his personality was just exuding this like charisma that was lacking from a lot of the other characters yeah he had good chemistry with Cersei as well, I thought. Much better than uh, Icarus. He really took that uh, robot part of his uh, <laughs> his role a little too seriously. All right, we got uh, Salma, Salma Hayek as Ajak. What did you think? Geek Fluent Girl? 
So I thought she played it as well as she could. I just don't think they gave a lot to her character. You really just got to see just a lot of those scenes in history. Just to be like, she's the leader. She's the defender. Yeah. It just felt like she could have had a lot more. She's good as that, I thought. she's She yeah. has the right balance of strength and care and love for the other Eternals. Next, we've got Angelina Jolie as Thena. What did you think about Thena? Rob, did you get erect? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just watching his face. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking back to, like, when I was younger watching Tomb Raider, you know? Oh, that was your first sexual, like, awakening? <laughs> With Angelina Jolie, anyway, sure. Oh, oh, there were others. Okay. <laughs> so you had a thing for young Angelina. I mean, how old were you when Tomb Raider came out? Ten? Were you early to the pubes? Like what? Oh, I don't even remember when it came out. So did you see it in theaters? <laughs> I saw the second one in theaters. Oh, the Cradle of Life. Cradle of Life. He was he was cradling something. Uh, <laughs> <he> was cr- <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. What did you think of her performance as Athena? Oh, great. I actually really enjoyed her. Mm -hmm. It was clear that she was having a good time. Like, I watched some of the interviews with her afterwards, and it just seemed like she just had a blast doing this movie, and it it came through. She's great at being an action hero. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of what she was. Yeah. Yeah. The physicality is correct, and also she's Mm -hmm. got the right, like, cool swagger. Does anybody know who voiced Crow, the deviant? didn't even know he had a name to be honest yeah that main deviant there is named crow and he was voiced by bill skarsgård does anybody know bill skarsgård oh bill skarsgård bill skarsgård played pennywise in the recent it movies oh well i'm pennywise the dancing clown oh (laughs) creepy wow yeah All right. I think he's a good actor. I actually hope that he has another role in the MCU and not just a voice. It's always rough when they kill the character of an actor you like, right? Yeah, but I hope I get to see him be an actor in something. So I'm glad that they killed him because it it, it opens him up. (laughs) Maybe he can be the like sixth person who's played multiple roles in, (laughs) in Marvel. All right. So those are our characters. We've talked about our directors and our writers. We've kind of made it known whether we liked the film or not. I don't love this film. Rob liked it. Uh, Geek Fluent Girl, I don't remember. Did you like this? I liked it. Uh, you know, I have went into this movie um, with low expectations, and I think that's the best way to do it. Also, too, I saw it one time. I mean, the first time I saw it, I also had a very large glass of wine. So I think like some of the slow moments, <laughs> it was I was not as captivated. The second time I saw it, though, I feel like I really just really zeroed in on a lot of what's going on with the characters, like the things I really liked. I was able to take more of the deviant battle scenes Mm -hmm. a bit more because I thought they went on and on and on the first Uh, time. But again, might have been the wine. (laughs) Okay, so when you've had a glass of wine, it's a bit slow. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that would definitely be. Okay. (laughs) Capture that. (laughs) you, You liked it. Rob liked it. I don't love it. But what did audiences think about it? Why don't you give us the fresh hot stats? Geek fluent girl, my. All right, so let's we're gonna go just for the opening weekend. You know, opening weekend it estimated 9.5 million from Thursday night, 
for domestic screenings. And by the end, it was actually with the international audiences too, it was 69.1 million with 30.7 million coming from U.S. theaters. Okay, so what's it sitting at today as of this recording? It's sitting now at 384 worldwide. On a budget of? On a budget of... 200 million 200 million right so not exactly a big success it's probably probably a lot of the pain is coming from china if you know about the history with chloe Zhao and china basically china doesn't like her because of an interview with filmmaker magazine in 2013 where she described china as quote a place where there are lies everywhere so this movie of course not coming out in china and i think that's hurting it i wonder if this was released in china if they would have cut out the homosexual scenes we know that they make edits for the foreign audience i don't know what wins out what wins out money money every time actually let me look this up uh, so basically, Chloe Zhao had said, quote, I don't know all the details, but I do believe discussions were had. And there's a big desire from Marvel and myself to not change the cut of the movie. Fingers crossed. Oh. End quote. I don't think they did because I just uh, read recently. It looks like that Saudi Arabia, Kuwait and Qatar also banned showing the Eternals because of the, the same sex relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. So they didn't change it for them. That's good, but would they have changed it for China? They do have a lot more money. The world may never know. <laughs> so moving right along, let's go ahead and I will give a quick and dirty plot summary. Oh, crap. You don't have dirty pooper or whatever. Movie pooper? <laughs> Ew, dirt, <laughs> dirty <movie> pooper. pooper. <laughs> Not dirty pooper. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the quick and dirty plot summary <laughs> by movie pooper. <laughs> movie pooper <laughs> all right i'm sorry i did not have it pulled up i've now i've got it the latest poopers here it is eternals right, here we go so here comes the quick and dirty plot summary by movie pooper movie pooper where they wipe away the excess here's the one pinch summary the Eternals are a team of immortal superheroes sent by the celestial leader RSM to Earth for the purpose of protecting humanity from the Deviants, a breed of alien predators that target humans. In the present day, leader Ajak is killed by a Deviant named Crow that absorbs her energy. She chooses Circe as her successor and she joins her former lover Icarus, as well as the youngest Eternal Sprite, to round up the other members, Thena, Kingo, Druig, Makari, Fastos, and Gilgamesh. Circe soon learns the true purpose of the Eternals, they were created by RSM, to help help bring forth the emergence which is the birth of new celestials after overtaking the intelligent life on other planets Circe as well as most of the other Eternals have come to love the people of Earth and refuse to go through with the emergence however Icarus has always been set on seeing the plan go through so he has Ajax killed and allows Crow to absorb her energy Crow also kills Gilgamesh before Sprite joins Icarus since she has always been in love with him the Eternals find that the site of the emergence will be a volcano where the celestial Tiamat will rise. Fastos comes up with a plan for Circe to link with everyone as part of the Unimind, corny as all hell, where she can use the combined powers of the Eternals to stop Tiamat. They fight Icarus and Sprite and subdue them long enough for Circe to use their combined powers to freeze Tiamat. Icarus is overcome with guilt and flies himself into the sun. Circe uses the Unimind to take away Sprite's immortality so that she may live a long, normal life among the humans. Basically, Sprite wants to get laid. <clears throat> the Eternals... <laughs> 
The Eternals split up again, and Arishim appears to summon Circe, Kingo, and Fastos after they deviate from his plan, but chooses to spare them for now. Thena, Makari, and Druig get help from Thanos' brother Eros to help find them and other Eternals. Meanwhile, Circe's boyfriend Dane Whitman comes across his family's sword, the Ebony Blade, and is asked by none other than Blade if he feels he is ready to take up the mantle. So that's it. That's our quick and dirty summary. Let's go ahead and move on. Before we just start fixing a movie, we say something nice about the movie. We know that a lot of people who work on a movie like this thousands of people those credits take forever what is one thing that you liked about the eternals my the geek fluent girl it was just gorgeous but honestly it had such a great cast and i know it probably was a lot of work trying to wrangle that much star talent great job overall for everyone all right rob vhs club mainstay i'm gonna say the costumes i really liked all the eternals when they got in their full suit up I love the animations for it. I like how varied they were, and you could tell who everybody was pretty easily just by their costumes. Okay. I will say the one thing that I liked about the Eternals was the the swing and the miss. I liked that they got the weird Tinder writer to do to do the story. I liked that they got Chloe Zhao to direct this movie. The whole undertaking is audacious as hell. I think it falls on its face, but I applaud Marvel for even trying to do this shit. Yeah, I can see that. It broke them out of the mold. Yeah, so. It will be looked as a pioneer. Great things. Next, we're getting Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll obviously never get Martin Scorsese. Remember, because he's talked shit about superhero movies. You got, can somebody uh... give me a, a fake laugh or something that I can plug in? Ha ha ha. Perfect. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. So without further ado, with that BS out of the way, what do you say we fix this movie? What do you think, guys? What do you think? Yeah. Look, yeah. Enthusiasm. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Geek Fluent Girl Mind, do you have your first fix for The Eternals? Yeah, my, my first fix is, I know it seems kind of basic. Obviously, this is all about The Eternals saving humanity, though it doesn't really show that with the way everybody is interacting with humanity throughout. Mostly, like, uh, the flashbacks and stuff in history is, like, we have all this beautiful world building, and it seems like the only Eternal that really is shown, like, with the villagers is... Cersei like she's you know helping them with like cooking and whatever and braiding their hair and things I basically there's like the one part where they're in Babylon but other than that yeah you're you're right like I don't see much of the actual day-to-day help and love right yeah I mean you do have like that really long uh scene where Icarus and Cersei as they're making pitas which you know that that's helpful I mean obviously if those pitas are going to eventually be a delicious gyro lamb with tzatziki sauce I would say that that's some love right there for humanity (laughs) yeah definitely They helped with the advancement of amazing Greek food. (laughs) In general, there's not a lot in the flashback department. I mean, like really Babylon is is the big one. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Like, I feel like this whole movie is built around these people are special. We love these people. There's very little shown, right? 
Yeah, they're basically gods in every every flashback. And then Sprite is basically like, let me do my magic to just tell you why it's okay to accept all of our powers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you're right. Like sitting around as like these gods, but like Fastos is giving some tools and Circe's braiding some hair. But other than that, you don't really see much else, right? Yeah. Druig is like, let me stop everybody from killing each other. And they're like, no, no, no. Slow right. Roll. The one no. eternal that, that really <laughs> could help out. They're like, don't do it. Let them murder. <laughs> we get Babylon but there's like there's a thousand years there that's like unaccounted for which is kind of wild you know good fix stay in the past a little more show more love of humanity Mm -hmm. and maybe you know show them inventing pizza (laughs) with pineapple on it (laughs) all right rob vhs club why don't you give us your first fix? All right. I'm kind of in a similar vein with Geek Fluent Girl. Okay. I enjoyed the scenes in the past the most, uh-huh. fighting the deviants, the scenes where it's very clear morality, right? Kill bad monsters. Yeah. Um, I would like to have seen a completely separate movie on just them coming to Earth and like defeating the deviants. And I would bring Crew, Crow. Crow. Crow, yeah. Crow from this movie into that one and kind of have that be like the twist of the Eternals are actually kind of the baddies in this one, right? Like have that be kind of like the final end of the movie, realizing that they're oh. the bad ones. Okay, that's an interesting place to cut this into part one and part two. Yeah, I think there's some really cool stuff they could do there, right? They are essentially exterminators, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that makes them evil in any way, right? Until the intelligence of Crow shows up. (laughs) Exterminators? (laughs) The Orkins. Bugs one in, Orkin keeps them out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I lost my train of thought. That's bad. Yeah, I think that's like an interesting like story to tell watching them like push back bring humanity up we're watching like the population grow they're still gonna kill crow i assume because he's upset for a very good reason he's intelligent and maybe like the moral dilemma there for them is like do they keep going once they know and i assume ajak and Icarus will push them through into killing Crow. And, you know, the after credit scene is now RSM and the big reveal of the emergence. Or like maybe there's a faction of them that want to kill Crow and there's a faction of them that save Crow. Yeah. 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 I, I actually like breaking this up into two movies because most of the critical backlash against this movie is that it is just trying to stuff too much into this movie and they don't have time to do anything justice. So, yep. And it's so. Yep. Yeah, that's actually a really good spot to cut it up. Good fix. Thanks. The good ones make the bad ones eat crow. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I hate myself. So, JC, Mm -hmm. what is your fix? Okay, this movie has too much shoved into it. You cannot do justice to this many people. How many Avengers were in the first movie? Like six? And that took a lot of world building. Yeah, (laughs) they had movies beforehand. Mm -hmm. The only ones that didn't were Black Widow and Hawkeye. The rest of them, even Hulk had a goddamn movie. There are 10 Eternals that we don't know. 10 on top of Deviants, on top of Dane Whitman. There's too many goddamn characters in this movie. So here we go. Cut it down to five Eternals. Just the ones involved in this 
plot, okay? These are my five Eternals. Icarus, Circe, Sprite, Druig, Fastos. And we're going to get rid of these other characters because of these reasons. You know, actually, Ajak, include Ajak, but have her die very early in the story. Gilgamesh, nothing in his story about taking care of Thena is crucial to the plot. Nothing. Thena, her mind fritz thing is not crucial to the plot. In fact, her mind is perfectly fine when she's fighting the guy at the end of the movie, which is fighting Crow. She's fine. Like, it's not consequential to the plot. Kingo, love him to death, but he's so inconsequential that he isn't even in the final fight. He just leaves. Yeah. Mm, yep. Makari is so inconsequential that she's on the ship for half the movie. Miss and she and, <laughs> and she great. just comes down to run around a little bit. <laughs> like it's she's it's awful. She has there's nothing to her character at all. So what happens is these characters are so underdone and their relationships to each other are so half baked that you don't end up not really caring about any of them. Kingo, for example, he was apparently friends with Sprite, but we never see that. There's one line she drops, you abandoned me in Macedonia. I'm not invested when the characters are telling me what their relationship is instead of showing me because there's not enough time. Mm -hmm. And as much as I like Gilgamesh, Thena, Kingo, Makari, they might even have been my favorite characters in the whole story. But the crux of the story is the love quadrangle, you know, between, <laughs> between Icarus, Circe, Sprite, and Dane Whitman. Fastos, who speeds up the progress of man, and Druig, who we need his mind control to help putting Tiamat to sleep, or so we think, mm -hmm. cut it down to five Eternals, or at least kill some. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would rather that they, you know, kept these Eternals for like the second movie, you know. But it also might have been fun to watch some of the ones that are named after mythical characters. Like it would have been fun to watch Icarus die early, flying in into the sun. <laughs> Thena died defending Athens. Gilgamesh die after mourning the loss of Anki. You know, some of these more mythical ones, those ones do become myth and like legend. Mm -hmm. Anyway, five Eternals. What do you guys think? Yeah, that puts it a, a lot more in line with one of my personal favorite MCU movies, another ensemble cast introduction with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? There are five yeah. main guardians, right? Okay. Yeah. Five is perfect. How many Ninja Turtles are there? <laughs> There's five. Five? Okay. And the rat? Yeah. 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 Five yeah. is perfect, apparently. That's... Exactly. You can introduce that, right? It's good. Our superhero group should be five. There's five guardians. There's five ninja turtles. And the rat? Five. That's all your brain can handle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So which uh, Eternal is our party dude, Michelangelo? Oh, uh, I would say he was Gilgamesh, but we kind of killed him, right? <laughs> That's your party dude? <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kingo's the... I don't know. Kingo. <laughs> King oh, I guess Gilgamesh because he made his own, own mead. That's all. <laughs> With his own spit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would you drink that, the concoction? Absolutely. <laughs> Geek Fluent Girl, why don't you give me your second fix for the Eternals? Well, honestly, when we're talking about like how um, the story writers, like their most famous thing was like their commercial with Tender. <laughs> maybe that's like why they have like the meet cute plot. There is no meet cute. Like there's not like there's nothing. They exactly. just go, my name is this. My name is this. And then there's nothing else. <laughs> then the next time we hear it, it's Ajax going, tell her how how you feel but we never we never see any that's what's <laughs> wrong with this movie you never see anything you just the character just tell you what's going on yeah like and then he walks over and he's like i guess i need to learn about pitas because <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm really enjoying watching you make these pitas. <laughs> you like these pitas, and I really want to fuck you on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Basically, it was like, it was just awkward all around. There should just be some times where Cersei could see, like, the selfless side of him, and that she would, like, start paying attention to him to be like, oh, wow, he's working to help them, like, with growing crops. Just just so that way he's showing something besides just mm. fighting deviants, because that would win her favor. She'd be like, oh, it looks like he genuinely does care about these. Genuine? <laughs> I'm on it. Let's do it. Ride it. My pony. Like... <laughs> That should have been the song playing on the beach when they were doing it with some genuine. It was like really fabricated. It was like a CW like type sex scene. Like it was just like. Oh, it... <laughs> it was just... Yeah, it was pretty bad. It wasn't even sex. It was just like some shoulders rubbing. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like close up on the face. There's such passion yeah. right now. You're absolutely right. Like it would have been really cool if she noticed it and he was like. I did it all for you. Exactly. And then you'd be like, oh. And then it would make sense where then you see they're like, they're getting married and all that. Right. And then they could rub shoulders on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Good fix. I mean, sometimes guys have to work for it just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Rob, what is your second fix for the Eternals? In this movie, there are two big, like, moral conundrums that the characters face, right? The first is their extermination of the deviants and their now clear intelligence. And the second is betraying Tiamat in the final sequence, right? Yeah, aborting as birth. Yeah, quite literally. <laughs> uh, so with this... Like, moral dilemma. Initially, of course, right, they just wanted to put it to sleep, which, you know, nothing bad about that, right? You give your people time to get away. In the end, they kill it, right? And some of the characters feel pretty bad about that, right? Like, celestials are beings of immense power. They go create stars, create planets, create life throughout the universe. But my problem with it is they said a few times that Tiamat would be like creating billions of lives and he's going to kill billions on earth to create billions of others. So in my view, it just like is kind of a wash. Like they keep saying like, Oh, humanity is special. Like, uh, Ajax says that in Babylon, when she first kind of shows apprehension with Arsham, she's like, they're kind of special. I don't know about this. And he wants to push through on the plan. And then later in her, kind of the flashback talk with uh, Icarus when we finally see his betrayal of Ajax. Yeah. She says the same kind of thing, that humanity is special. But from my view, it's not that special, right? Like, you're just kind of trading, trading lives one for another. I think it would have been more meaningful, their choices, if Tiamat would have been creating, like, tens of billions trillions of lives like lives innumerable right like give it more depth that their betrayal is actually taking something away from the universe to preserve humanity i think that would have made the decision a lot harder i think it would have put a lot more people like it would have made icarus more sympathetic too right other than his killing of ajak how many people do you think are in the entire universe uh 
the entire no universe idea. or not even people living things living things yeah i mean earth alone there's probably trillions once you start counting insects right so they're special because when they snapped they brought half of every living thing in the entire universe back right mm -hmm. trillions of trillions of trillions of living things right absolutely so yeah. how can you say they haven't proven that they're special that's true they are right at least the most special among humans the <laughs> avengers basically right mm -hmm. Not your typical human, but I guess they came from humanity. But I do agree, right, as a human, that we're special. <laughs> I just think... You still want us to live. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would have been more of like a sacrifice by the Eternals if there were actually something being traded other than one life for another. But also, you, you have to remember that Ajax is the one Eternal that is not ever erased. So... Ajax has done this for who knows millions and millions of years and the only race she wants to save is the human race ah mm -hmm. that is a good point she sees something more special in them than she's seen in millions of years maybe billions of years i did not catch that to be honest but that's cool the trade-off is less of an issue for me but i did have thoughts the same as you where i was like well killing him keeps who knows how many countless amounts of stars and planets because they make stars right or whatever so yeah it's keeping you know countless stars from being made and who knows how many planets around that and how many civilizations are now never going to exist because yeah. you know of this one decision she turned him into a big old marble slab so now yeah. she's going to send uh the marble industry into a deep recession <laughs> <laughs> prices will collapse <laughs> although you might you know charge a higher price for some celestial marble Mm. To see my new kitchen counter, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just marble, honey. This is pure Tiamat. Oh, Can God. Frank afford that? What kind of marble <laughs> did Frank put in your new kitchen? <laughs> JC, what's your second fix? You know that I wanted to cut down the characters and I wanted to... Uh, make more time for other characters and one of the characters that I wanted to add more time for is Dane Whitman's Black Knight. I did not like the fact that he was just a random guy that she met with a secret. The Eternals have been around way too long for that shit. So this is what I've got for incorporating more Dane Whitman. So I want Cersei and Icarus to break up during the Age of King Arthur where the Eternals obviously were because Mukari has Excalibur on the ship. It's the sword in the stone. The sword in the stone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So I want them to know about the Black Knight and the curse. I want her to meet Dane Whitman in the future, and then she learns what his last name is, and she's intrigued. When they start dating, he shows her his heirloom, and she tells him, do not take it out of the case because it's an old relic and it will corrode quickly. Like she makes something up. I want her to be the one that works at the, the Smithsonian and not him too. Mm -hmm. Now, later in the story, Druig tries to use Dane with his mind control to try and stop Cersei from killing 
Tiamat. So basically, Circe is telling Druid, like, I'm not in love with humanity, trying to, like, get Druid off her scent, her real plan. But he controls Dane because he doesn't know Dane's last name. He controls Dane and tries to make Dane hurt her. And he wants to see if she'll hurt him if he's attacking her. But Circe tricks him into thinking that he can make Dane more powerful by telling him his last name and telling him that he's got the sword. And Druig, remembering the curse, has him take the, the sword. And when he becomes the Black Knight, actually, he's broken out of Druig's mind control because his magic is stronger than Druig's. And he actually ends up helping Circe and Fastos complete their mission of killing Tiamat before he emerges from the earth so that's how i would include black and i into this story more making him more of circe's connection to modern day humanity yeah, yeah. i really like that it really helps like develop him into like the whole story instead of just kind of like he's the boyfriend oh i gave you a ring here's your family crest but i'm not gonna know anything about your history at all <laughs> <laughs> that was very, very weird. Whole inclusion. The fact that he keeps asking to be a giraffe, like a giraffe. Is that, does anybody, <laughs> any of you guys want to be a giraffe? If somebody can make you into an animal. If anything goes wrong, make us sound like a dying giraffe. What's a dying giraffe sound like? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Apparently, it's kind of a long-running thing in the MCU now are just random giraffes in, like, bedrooms and scenes. I don't know why, but it's, like, a thing I just learned oh. about today. It's just giraffes all Interesting. over. I don't know why. Right. This is like the, the Star Wars thing of, of people getting their hands cut off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. a weird Easter egg. Now we're going to be counting all the giraffes yeah. now in every I know. Movie. Somebody's going to make a video. Every giraffe <laughs> in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the thumbnail now. Were you familiar with the Black Knight before the movie? Uh, yeah, but just because I, before I see a Marvel movie coming out, and I basically watch a lot of YouTube videos. One of the YouTube channels that I watch a lot of is Comics Explained. I absolutely love okay. Rob from Comics uh, Explained. I've actually given him a shout out on Twitter before. I was like, Rob from Comics Explained makes me sound way smarter than I actually am about all of these comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. So you do that before you watch the movie? Because I'd be afraid of spoilers. Well, they, they always change everything. True. I mean, in the comics, the Eternals are not robots. Oh, so yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> exactly. So usually you do not spoil anything when you are doing a podcast such as this one. Or ah, if you just cool. want to sound, you know, smart when you're out having some beers with your with your movie bros, you know, like my best friend's husband, he's like knows all the comic books. Oh, so. See, now if you watch a little comics explained. You'll be able to bring something up that he's never heard before. True. Very you true. You watch him stumble yeah. over it. He'll be like, oh, I need to get up and get another drink and make an excuse to leave the room. We'll <laughs> <laughs> have him. We'll have his balls in your hand. Like. Um, yeah. So without further ado, I think we should consider the Eternals screen face. Screen face. Is that a giraffe sound? <laughs> I tried to do a giraffe. <clears throat> All right. So, do you have a final thought, VHS Club Zone, Rob? I do. I am excited to see how these characters come back in future MCU projects, how they're brought into some of the team-ups. 
I'm expecting, you know, them in more of the cosmic scale mm -hmm. stuff where phase four really shines. I really want to see more of that, see them in future phases. I really want to see them with Doctor Strange as well. I don't know. I'm open to all the possibilities. I want to see him again. I have heard that I know Black Knight is going to be one of the Avengers. So we'll at least have Black Knight. And yeah, you're right. And the rest of the Eternals get involved in all of the cosmic mayhem. So uh, Geek Fluent Girl, do you have a final thought for the Eternals? Yeah, I'm really wondering if like if we have a sequel, if we're going to do more with the character that Harry Styles played. Eros? Eros, yes, yes. And also, too, are we going to talk about like his relationship to Thanos? Mm -hmm. He's Thanos' brother. Yeah, exactly. Right. Also, too, it would be really smart for them to do that is because, honestly, like I talked to my coworker. He said the only reason his daughter watched The Eternals was because she knew that Harry Styles was somehow in the movie. Oh. So. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> going to be a big... I mean, you know, they say, too, that because of the song that starts playing when when arrows when they're fading out on the arrows part it's like a classic rock song feels like the first time that starts playing mm -hmm. they think that that's an indication that he's going to be in guardians 3 oh that'll be cool oh his little buddy is Patton oswald right it was like named pip or something pip, pip patrol, patrol. Patton oswald. patrol yeah he's also been in several marvel properties he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Also, my final thought actually kind of had to do with the same thing with Eros. I was going to say that, uh, you know, in the comics, deviants are not that different than Eternals. Again, Eternals are not robots. And the reason why Thanos looks like, you know, Purple Grimace and <laughs> Eros looks like a Harry Styles is because they're both Eternals, but Thanos has the deviant gene. Wow. I wonder if they'll stick to that idea. That definitely makes sense because I do remember like when I looked up a bit more Eros, I was like, he's Thanos' brother? I'm like, this does not make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, why don't we leave everybody with your favorite line from the funniest person in the movie, Kingo. Here we go. Why don't you go first? My. We just got BTS to do a cameo. <laughs> BTS is everywhere now. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. All right. Rob, what's your favorite Kingo line? Actually, when we first met, he thought I was a vampire, and he tried to stake me through the heart. <laughs> that was a good one. And actually, a little bit of foreshadowing, right? Because that's something yeah. else that I should have put in my final thought, but here it is. The voice that Dane Whitman heard in the end stinger was Mahershala, ah, was Mahershala Ali's Blade. Yeah. yeah. So we're setting up vampires. So right, here's mine. <clears throat> Thor used to follow me around when he was a little kid. Now he's a famous Avenger and won't return my calls. <laughs> little baby Thor. All right. So thank you, Rob. I hope to see you at more VHS Club. Absolutely. Geek Fluent Girl, always a pleasure. Follow Geek Fluent Girl on Twitter at Geek Fluent Girl. You can follow the podcast at Screen Fix Pod. And you can find Screen Fix Pod on Instagram, Facebook everywhere follow us let us know what you liked let us know what you didn't we also have a patreon account if you want to leave us a little money stay tuned next time we will be fixing another movie and given our fixes here at screen fix bye everybody bye I feel like that's how everybody watches stuff now. It's like you watch <laughs> it in pieces 
while you're doing other stuff. It's like, okay, I'm going to watch a little bit. Then I'm going to go get on the old spin bike. Then I'm going to do a little bit of laundry. I'm going to order some Uber Eats. I'm going to express my dog's anal glands. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 